Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Who doesn't love comics? No, seriously. Anjan si Jose Rizal, who wrote and drew the first known Filipino comic strips, an adaptation of the Pinoy folktale Ang Pagong at Ang Maching in 1885. And aside from our national heroes, some of our national artists are comicheros too. Francisco Koching and Larry Alcala lang naman. Yes, Pinoy comics with a K are loved by Filipino readers of all ages and from all walks of life. We enjoy them in newspapers and magazines, Books, ads, and even memes. <laughs> They're such a huge part of our lives that they've inspired film and TV adaptations for many generations, including the Netflix original animated series Trese in 2021. Pero bakit nga ba lahat tayo mahilig sa comics? What do we love about them? It's definitely not just because of the adaptations or the superheroes or the punchlines. I'm Nina Taralba, co-writer of the comics Katipunera Warrior and Spirit Sprints. And I'm Marcus Ilyan. I grew up on the daily comics of my dad's morning paper. Welcome to Philippine Nerds Season 2. It's, It's all, all geek, geek to, to me. me. Where we geek out over cosplay, video games, anime and manga, toys and collectibles, and comics. Philippine Nerds Season 2 is brought to you by Smart. With Smart Prepaid, you can live what you love. And powered by Puma Podcast. Let's get nerdy about comics. Before we start this episode, heads up lang, we're gonna try something different here. See, there's no better guest for this episode than Puma Podcast CEO and resident comics nerd, Carl Javier, who's joining me and Mark for the show today. Some of you might already know Carl from the podcast Chino and Carl's Guitar Picks. But wait, there's more! <laughs> Isa rin siyang creative writing teacher sa Ateneo de Manila University and a comics writer and editor whose work has twice been nominated for the National Book Awards. Rockstar talaga eh! Kaya Nakas. we're so glad and thankful that you made time to be a nerd with us today. Tell us about Carl the Comicero. Hello. <laughs> I've been floating around the comic scene for more than 10 years at least. My training, my undergraduate is in creative writing. And it was shortly after graduation that I started uh, exploring local comics. Nadala ako sa Comic-Con. Yes, for our listeners, this is one of the biggest comics conventions in the country. Mm. And then I got invited to contribute to stuff, got invited to collaborate. And it kind of just snowballs into, I might as well try to make a comic. And I guess I just got lucky enough na I found myself with the right publishing background plus academic credentials plus temperament to become a comic book editor. Ano bang kailangang temperament to be an editor? Uh, saktong ano, tough love. Ganyan. <laughs> the way that I view a good editor in any field is it someone who understands what the creative is trying to accomplish. You find the story that they're trying to tell and you help them to tell that story. And sometimes it means rewrite this or do some more research or what if you added this? 
I got lucky, I guess, that comics creators have trusted me with their stories. So that's what you do in comics. Karamihan sa mga nagbabasa, they might be more familiar with writers and artists, right? It's interesting to hear from the perspective of a comics editor who works behind the scenes. Kind of like polishing a diamond, no? Anyway, Carl, how long have you been a fan of comics? As long as I can remember. I guess the first introduction wasn't even a comic. It was Adam West Batman that was on TV. And then that makes me want to read other Batman books. Ako yung type na. I had all of the X-Men number ones na Jim Lee and um, and Chris Claremont. They had all of the multiple covers. I was heavily into like image comics at the time. For our listeners who might not be too familiar with image comics, ano? One title they published that you might know about is The Walking Dead. And we'll talk about how Pinoy comiqueros are connected to Image Comics. Yeah. Anyway, ako naman, I remember when I was a kid, nung hinahatid ako nung dad ko to school every morning, no? He would buy the Philippine Daily Inquirer. Mm-hmm. I would look forward to comics lagi. Yung mga A. Lipin, Kiko Machine, Love Knots. Oh. Di pa ako aware sa mga nangyayari sa bayan nun as a young student. Pero I had this vivid memory na nakikita ko araw-araw si then-president Gloria Macapagal Arroyo dun sa comics. And I remember being fascinated as a kid. Kasi para sa akin, parang cartoons in book form yung comics eh. So binabasa ko lang siya without even knowing what the jokes are about. So nung college na ako, when I went back to them, mas nagigets ko na siya. My newfound appreciation na ako for it. Mm-hmm. I also started reading comics through the Philippine Daily Inquirer. Pero yeah. maski yung mga tiktik tonight, <laughs> hinahanapan ko din yung mga yun ng comics eh. And kung yung mga comics sa Inquirer, mga slice of life na may commentary, ang naalala ko naman sa mga comics sa tabloid, para silang radio drama or yeah, teleserye sure. na tungkol sa mga mature themes. Pero yung mga pinaka-tumatak pa rin sa akin, Pugad Baboy, Pupong, and yung Kiko Machine din, I was still very young when I started reading Kiko Machine. Kaya hindi ko naman talaga gets yung mga references noon. I just like the characters' attitudes, their absurd reactions sa mga nangyayari sa kanila. But it was set in UP and eventually I attended UP. Tapos nagkaroon din yung creator nito, si Manix Abrera, ng news hardcore comic strips for GMA News Online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I went to work for GMA. So parang simula nung mag-college ako, hanggang sa mag-umpisa akong magtrabaho, I saw myself in Manix Abrera's comics. Parang sinusundan mo siya, or siya ba yung sumusunod sa'yo? <laughs> siya yung sumusunod sa'kin. <laughs> anyway, we all love comics for different reasons, ano? It's not just the humor, not mm-hmm. just the hugot. There's a personal and societal dimension sa pagkahilig natin sa comics. Carl, what can you say about the way that comics talk about the events and sentiments in society? I think that we've always relied on comics to make a statement. You know, I, I guess the best example right now is Tarantadong Kalbo. I'm excited by comics because of its ability to convey ideas, potent ideas. Mabilis eh. It has the immediacy of the visual medium, but it has the capacity to hold you as a red medium. And the fact that comics is an easily accessible medium, there are people that I know who will say that they learned to read through reading comics by matching the image to the text and coming to understand what those things mean. And, and even online, even in a low-bandwidth situation, comics. So in short, any kind of message that you want to convey, madaling sabihin at madaling maintindihan sa comics. And I suppose that's why from then until now, 
comics have been used to talk about social issues. Mm, kitang-kita nga natin yan sa Pinoy comics throughout history. Yes. Let's start with a classic created by writer Romualdo Ramos and an illustrator who was known as the father of Philippine comics. Hindi si Jose Rizala. Most comics historians would agree that that title belongs to Tony Velasquez. Tony Velasquez and Romualdo Ramos created a character every Filipino knows in some way, kahit hindi mo pa nababasa yung comics niya. Yan si Kenkoy. Kenkoy made his debut in Liwayway Magazine in January 1929. He was often shown in silly and funny situations. At siya yung typical Filipino working man at the time. From his clothes to his Filipino twang when speaking English. While his wife, Rosing, was like Rizal's Maria Clara. Mahinhin, mahiyain, maalaga. This was considered the ideal for men and women around the end of the Spanish era. And at this time of the American period in the Philippines. Fast forward naman tayo to the 1940s. American soldiers had introduced Filipinos to serialized comics during World War II, pero may mas mahalagang nangyari sa comics natin after the war. Our comics met Filipinos' need for humor, hope, and heroic figures to look up to. Halakha Comics was the first regularly published comics anthology, running for 10 issues from 1946 to 1947 and paving the way for other titles such as Filipino Comics, Tagalog Classics, and more. Sa pangalan pa lang, you can already tell that it contained funny comics or funnies. Kasama na dyan ang comics tungkol sa Superman parody na si Shopauman, created by national artist Larry Alcala. Shopauman was followed by Liba Brena and Oscar Del Rosario's Ipo-Ipo, who was considered the first true Pinoy superhero, and Chris Kagintuan's Lagim. Ipo-Ipo and Lagim, who both debuted in 1947 in different comics magazines, were both created in response to the Japanese occupation during World War II. Again, we needed heroes to give us hope and someone to look up to. Kaya ang lagi nilang kalaban sa mga comics nila ay mga Japanese soldiers. And now, we talk about the superhero every Filipino thinks of kapag sinabing Pinoy superhero, Darna! Darna is many things. She was almost the first Pinoy superhero kung na-publish lang siya before World War II, when Marsavelo was first inspired by the American heroes Superman and Shazam, then known as Captain Marvel. Iba siya sa Captain Marvel na kilala natin sa pelikula ngayon. And Darna was also a tribute to Mars Ravelo's mother, whom he looked up to for raising him by herself. She was also another homegrown superhero who gave Filipinos hope after the war. When Mars Ravelo first created Darna, iba pa ang pangalan niya noon. Varga. And that's not the only time Darna has been different from the classic image we have of her. Pero mas marami pang makukwento si Carl tungkol dyan. Kasi back in 2015, after his stint teaching creative writing in UP Diliman, he got asked to write new Darna comics. As a companion to the film adaptation that Eric Mati was originally gonna do at the time. Wow naman! Now, nagkaroon ng maraming delays in the entire process, so sa huli, neither the film nor the comic saw production. Pero nauwi ito sa hashtag SigawDarna na nag-trend in social media in 2019. So, paano ba ito nagsimula, Carl? So, I got asked in 2015 to start working on Darna. Ang creative team niyan was me, um, Jem Bernaldez, and then our editor was Adam David. And our comics were being developed alongside the film 
first it was do whatever you want with the character because we want it to be modernized. And they're like, oh, pwede naman maghiwalay yung comic at yung movie. Parang they need to be totally separate. So we had these students who, because of Typhoon Yolanda, were displaced. Students of UP Visayas that had literally been washed away. And they were moved to UP Diliman. And I, I couldn't imagine what that must be like. And I felt like it was an act of heroism to show up to class after everything that had happened. And so sort of to show my respect and appreciation and admiration for those students and for everybody else na quote-unquote resilient, di ba? Um, it made sense na magiging ganyan yung, yung darna natin. So it still sort of plays on the whole darna galing sa probinsya, di ba? Pero I, I wanted to be modern. I wanted her to have these problems. And what I felt was that if if you brought her here, she would have survivor's guilt. She's a survivor, obviously, but she's lost so much. But um, what can she do given this power? The original pitch is that as her entire community is being washed away, the only reason that she survives is malulunok niya yung bato. Matatamaan lang talaga ng tubig yung bahay nila to the point where her entire family gets washed out and by some coincidence, malulunok niya yung bato. So, maraming nangyari sa Pilipinas mula noon, obviously. And your pitch became heavily political. Your Darna dealt with current events in 2015 to 2016. How did that lead to your next pitch for Darna? Anong sabi sa'yo? Ah, pare, ano to eh, superhero to. Gawin, gawin natin mas superhero yung kwento. And then I was told, gawin mong epic, bro. Like yung sobrang epic, yung pwede mo lang gawin sa comics na epic. And then, my second pitch was, Darnasaur. <laughs> so, okay, context. So, it's like darn. The cover is like Darna punching a T-Rex. <laughs> I made this story where, you know, she winds up in like prehistory. And then yung bato nagbabounce from dinosaur to dinosaur na hinahabol niya. Until she finally like, you know, gets it and like becomes Darna. But she's has, you know, she has to fight off the T-Rex as Darna. So, and then sinami sa dude, masyadong epic. So, let's scale it back. But the bottom line of this is that we had all of these great ideas because the thing about superheroes is that they're malleable. You can make the superhero fit to the time. At yun na nga yung nangyari sa hashtag Sigaw Darna, no? Jem Bernaldez, the artist you collaborated with, posted his version of Darna. She was short and morena, unlike most of the Darnas we've seen on TV and in films. It got retweeted. It went viral. And many other artists followed suit in creating their own version of Darna. Gagaling eh. Yeah. The great thing naman was that I think that whole moment, it spoke more about how we want to engage with our culture. That moment was people saying, give us this superhero. Let us do stuff with it. Kasi diba, it was such an ex- inclusive movement. Like you had the Darna from, from all the different cultures, indigenous people's versions of Darna. You had the PWD Darnas. You had the LGBTQIA Darnas. You know, all of them expressing na parang we can be this. We, we aspire to be this. Hinimay talaga ng mga artists kung ano yung pagiging Pinoy and they explored the many different ways that Darna could reflect that. Now, from this wider level of what comics mean to us all, let's bring it down to something more personal. 
Bakit tayo nahihilig sa mga comics na gusto natin? What makes them good? So, I don't look at anything necessarily art style-wise. I'll work with somebody who does manga style, but I'll also work with people who do hyper-realism or with people who, who will do uh, very cartoonish art. It's more communication skills. How committed are you to storytelling? It's fluency in the language. The ability to communicate visually. For example, when you look at Merv Malonzo. The creator of Tabi Po and Ella Arcangel. Mm-hmm. Diba si Merv, you take each panel and those could be blown up and be like paintings in a museum. Merv's panels are are on their own beautiful. But Merv also has a flavor for storytelling. He understands the medium. Same thing with Ian. Mas Ian Santa Maria, another guy that I'm a really big fan of. Yes, Ian. He's behind the comic Sky World and 66, diba? I guess one thing that people don't realize is the huge gap between magaling kang artist at gustong mong mag-comics versus komikero. Will you make an amazing visual pero actually hindi ka nagde-develop ng narrative? Yun yung importante. It's the narrative that you're telling more so than wow, ang ganda naman ng art neto. Kung gusto ko ng magandang art, edi bibili na lang picture book. Kaya ka nagbabasa ng comics kasi naghahanap ka ng magandang kwento. Eh, sa story at characters naman. Anong hanap mo, Carl? The local comics that I like are comics that are able to express something about us na hindi nakikita. I know like everybody's favorite is Tresha, which I also love. It does stuff about our culture. At this point, diba, it's our representative to the world. Pero there's stuff I've gotten to work on like 66 na it's, it's Ras Molina and Ian Santa Maria doing their play on Superman, but it's an elderly couple. So it's so Filipino yung Lolo Lola, meron silang Sari Sari store. Medyo may dementia na si Lola, except na si Lolo gets superpowers and suddenly he's a super powerful dude. But there's still this old couple and they have the vulnerabilities of an old couple. Diba? Medyo may soft spot naman ng Filipino for that, eh, for the elderly ano, elderly couple stories or you know, elderly people stories. So it speaks to pieces of our culture that we don't expect other people to understand. There are many ways to tell different stories. Marami tayong nakikitang genres, themes, and art styles in different comics. At madali natin silang makita sa conventions where creators come to sell and promote their works. In fact, Carl, sa Comic-Con nag-umpisa ang comics career mo. Ipasyal mo naman kami sa comics convention. If you go to a comics convention now, you will see everything. Influenced by all kinds of genres and all kinds of traditions. Ang rich kasi ng comics uh, engagement ng Pinoy. Ang rich ng comics history natin. We have a lot of American comics, kumbaga, in our cultural consciousness. People my age and older are very heavily influenced by image, um, American superhero, you know, Marvel, DC, ganyan. And then, as it skews younger, mas maraming animation. So whether like Western or Japanese animation, you'll see those influences in the comics. And it's not all one way, right? Hindi lang tayo tumatanggap ng influence from American comics or Japanese anime and manga. Filipino artists first broke into the American comic scene in the 1970s, illustrating titles for Image Comics, DC, 
and Marvel. Wow! Nakilala ang gawang Pinoy through high contrast, highly detailed illustrations that emphasized lines and shading. This came from the days that Pinoy comics were produced in black and white due to the cost of printing. So our artists relied less on color. Mm-hmm. You can tell eh. But of course, Pinoy comics have always come in different styles. Hanggang ngayon pa rin naman. And comics is more than its art. So pag-usapan naman natin yung mga kwento that Pinoy creators tell nowadays. What I love is that you can pretty much get any kind of story. Also, superhero punchy punchy things. There's way too many zombies. There's mythology tikbalang aswang stuff. Punta ka ng Bayanihan Center. Sa Pioneer Street, sa Pasig, yes. For the listeners, that's where some of the major comics conventions, Comic-Con and Comic-Ed, have been held in the past few years, along with some other pop culture events. Yeah, go on. You, you go in and then like the big like national bookstore displays in front. But once you get through the doors, diba, and you start snaking your way through the convention, there's like everything. There's wildly original stuff. I'm in the middle of Melag Nibong Redila, which is amazing. And it's this wonderful, fantastic world that he's created that doesn't look or feel like anything else elsewhere. There was one Comic Con, I just bought everything. Ubuspera, ganyan. But umabot sa point where I like to get recommendations. So, bubulungan ko yung mga in the know younger comikeros na. Who have I not read that I should be reading? It's a nice feeling to go around the tables and just go with your gut. Sisilipin mo lang yung mga bago and kakaiba or yung mga niche interests mo. And at the last Comic-Con I attended, which was back in 2019, what really grabbed my attention were The Nowhere Tree by Mitzi, Biernes Santo by Choktatsan and JP Palabon, and Not Today and Lone Cats by Hans Dimapilis, who I now collaborate with, by the way. Hello, Hans. So to summarize, horror sa mga pusa. <laughs> Very on brand. So, you can get your favorite comics growing up from your favorite bookstore, no? Na present din naman sa mga convention. But it's really the new titles that make these events special. True. Hindi lang mga established creators ang makikita mo dun, but also new creators putting their work out there. I do enjoy having comic book classes where students pitch stuff. So, ang requirement, I would get them a booth at Comic-Con. Binibigyan ako ng Comic-Con ng booth for my students. So ang final output nila would be to to put their comics there para may experience. If you're gonna be a comic book writer, hindi sapat yung sinulat mo yung script. Kailangan nasulat mo in such a way na nakumbinsa mo yung artist na i-deliver yung vision mo. Or nakahanap kayo ng compromise. Because part of being a comic writer is collaborating with your artist to come to a shared vision. It's different now with digital and everything else. But the true experience for me was Upo ka sa Comic-Con, magbantay ka ng booth ng walang oras. And then that's how you build the community. What is the truer test of your work? Then inilatag mo sa isang table katabi ng mga work ng lahat at bakikita nyo kung alin yung mabibili. And say, like, oh shoot, oy, bakit kaya yung kanyo bumibenta pero yung akin hindi? Anong pwede kong gawin para maging mas appealing? And there's no formula to it, is there? None. But that's the beauty of it. I mean, dresses on Netflix now. But saan ba nagsimula yan? Nagsimula yan sa zine. Sa, sa con. Like most of us, alam na natin yung 13 na libro. Pero, nagsimula yan Xerox na pages na, na binibenta din lang nila sa cons. It's so inspiring. Is if you think na kung, makapa, kung makagawa ka lang ng 20 pages ipa Xerox mo, try mo bitawan sa mga tao. And you just keep doing it like Bajan Kaj did. 
Biruin mo, dun pala nagumbisa si na Budget Tan at Kajo Baldissimo nung ginawa nila yung 13. Started from the zine, now they're streaming. Diba? You build that following, and, but it's a commitment and it's, it's a consistency that comic creators or aspiring comic creators need to understand. Alam mo, I attended my first Comic-Con before I even started writing my own comics in 2020. Pumupunta ako to support friends and my writing partner while they were selling their comics. Ikaw nga, Carl, dun ata kita unang nakilala eh. I think it was Summer Comic-Con in 2018. You gave a talk then. So, I wasn't a creator yet. But looking back now, it makes me think, how does being physically together in a convention shape the community of readers and creators? On one level, there's there's a very clear function to the con. Market che, diba? It's our once, twice, now like five, six, seven, eight times a year marketplace. You can be inspired because like malapit na yung con, I need to finish my work. So con serve as an inspiration, uh, con serve as a reunion. It was really a place for people who were kind of not cool kids. Kasi I'm old enough to have been from a generation that if you were, you know, hanging out at the comic book store, you probably weren't one of the cool kids. It was really a place to find your people. I, I still think it's that, but it's to a much larger scale now because the beauty of comics culture expanding into a mainstream setting is that more people can share their joy. On that note, Carl, what do you think of the digital spaces for comics nowadays? Before we recorded this episode, you said that comics websites were already coming up even before the pandemic. So, hindi talaga siya alternative to cons. How does the digital space differ from our old conventions? And what kind of opportunities does it offer? For us as creators, the opportunity is to understand how each platform is a new space for creative ideas to be explored. The barrier to being read is so low. In terms of community building, though, I don't think there's anything new. Uh, I'm going to presume that the comics community has only gotten larger in the last two years. Rather than a diminishing community because walang cons, I think that people made even more of an effort to see each other. And non-comics people or people who never attended a con are now reading are now engaging with local comics. And so I am excited for everybody who's going to their first con. We're in an exciting era for Pinoy comics. There are opportunities for comiqueros in both digital and print, and among local and international readers. At dahil dyan, there are more stories for us to enjoy. This means more narratives and that there's something for everyone in comics. Sa tingin ko, because comics can come from small, independent creators, parang podcasts lang, ba? It's a good medium for difficult questions and difficult conversations as well. Comiqueros have a lot of room to experiment and test the limits, especially when you're starting out in indie. Meron kang history and culture told from unique and authentic perspectives. May mga kwento about people or experiences that may be underrepresented elsewhere. Mahalaga yun because storytelling can make a difference. And that's why we're welcoming one of our Philippine Nerds friends back here on the show. Hi, uh, I'm Bambi Alariaga Amago. Uh, I'm a writer, uh, a comic book writer. 
locally, uh, we have been able, when I say we, it's with my husband who is the illustrator. We have been able to uh, release locally titles like Carnal Tales and Carnal Banahaw and also Dubidoo Asks. Noong huli nating nakasama si Bambi two episodes ago, she talked about being a fan of anime and manga and how they inspired her to become a storyteller. But there's more to writing that last title, Dubidoo Asks, than just being a fan. Because along with her husband, Roland Amago, She told a story that is very important and very close to their hearts. Our flagship, Dubidu As, it was published under Comicet and is one of the 10 official selections for the first batch of the pick-off Philippine International Comics Festival. It's a very personal um, work for us, medyo autobiographical. Basically, it talks about our experiences of our discovering and accepting that our son is on the autism spectrum. Actually, I consider it my life work because um, when it happened to us, syempre, life-changing experience to have a son and to have a son on the spectrum. But we didn't catch on immediately that he was on the spectrum. Because of that, nagkaroon ng missteps. It's important for me because... I don't want other families and other children with autism to go through the same missteps. So if I can help by telling our story, that's a big accomplishment for me, for us, as a family. Para sa mga hindi pa nakakabasa nito, the titular character of Dubidu Asks is a little boy who likes to tell jokes, has some peculiar habits and reactions to the things around him, and asks a lot of questions. Tulad ng question niya sa page 1. And to keep this episode spoiler-free, when you pick up Doobidoo Asks, mapapansin mo na it's got a fun art style, mm-hmm. may panels that are full of movement and color, and may mga single full-page panels as well with some quiet but powerful imagery. Mm-hmm. And the storytelling is very candid, may mga light moments, and meron ding mas serious or clinical parts. That's right, but we can only tell you so much about it. Mas maganda nga na mabasa nyo mismo itong comic book na ito and see what makes it special. But let's turn that around to get the perspective of the author. Because I want to ask, Bambi, why comics? Bakit comics ang medium ng Doobidoo Asks? Comics is the best medium for it because comics is very accessible. So by accessible, I mean uh, all ages can read it. It's very non-intimidating. I could have gone and written a novel. I could have written a manual, a technical manual talking about what is autism, how it affects people, how it affected us. But I want the message to reach as diverse uh, readership as possible. So I chose comics. And we also want to talk about the way you put the story together, the language, the art style. Why did you choose to tell it the way you did? Right. Kasi um, pero parang manga lens itself more dun sa pag-express ng emotions. Isalay ka na dun sa pag-shift ng eto nakakatawa. Tapos biglang, ay, drama naman. Because that's that's how life is. Life is not all down, not all up. It's a series of ups and downs. I don't want it to be intimidating. I didn't want it to be preachy na, oh, huwag niyong gagawin to kasi nakakasama eh. We want to embrace them as much as possible to show na, okay, this condition, yes, it's serious. You have to do something about it. But at the same time, you have to also embrace it. 
na it's part of life. It's part of who they are. You cannot change it. It's not a disease that you can cure. So it's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's nothing to be sad about. Of course, if you don't understand at first, diba, to be honest, of course, as a parent, nalungkot kami nung una. But that was because hindi namin fully naunawaan. So that's part of the message then. Na if you take the time to understand and to see the people that they truly are, not just seeing their condition, not just seeing their disability. Kasi yun pa rin siya eh. They are still your children. They are still people. They are still humans. What were the challenges of writing something as nuanced and personal as Do We Do Asks? It was very challenging for us to tell our story for strangers to read about. Actually, in the beginning, my husband was hesitant. Kasi siyempre, binavalue niya yung privacy nung anak namin. But for me kasi, there are lots of times that he himself was misunderstood. There are even times na when we tell uh, relatives, kunyari, he has autism. They would say, bakit? Paano naging autistic yan? Kasi hindi nila naiintindihan. What they see is what they see on the TV, on the movies, di ba? Na pag autistic, it's like, siguro yun. But if you meet my son for the first time, hindi mo din mapapansin talaga that he's uh, a little bit different. And paano nag-respond ang mga tao to the book? Luckily, mukhang positive naman so far yung pag-receive dun sa book, not just from people you know, but from people who, yun nga, who just picked it up and read it and were affected positively by it. I've been getting feedback from educators, from therapists, from parents who said na, okay, uh, this is helpful because I understand how to treat better itong mga taong ganito, yung mga batang ganito. If I get a student who is like this, I know how to deal with it. And, and that for me is the biggest measure of success. Doobidoo Asks has been featured in a lot of articles and Bambi has given interviews and talks about autism and its representation in comics. It's a comic book that's opening up more conversations about autism and inclusion, which you can hear more about on another podcast, Teka Teka News. But it goes without saying na maski para kina Bambi at Roland, it's been life-changing on a personal level too. Parenting is not an exact science. So if you see in the book na parang ito kas din a long time para mahuli kung ano bang parenting style ang tama para sa kanya na magka-thrive siya, di ba? So I wanted to show that kasi nga, it's for the benefit of the children. Marami pang ibang comics na pwedeng maging life-changing para sa iba't ibang mga communities. There's an emerging genre that Bambi calls graphic medicine. Yes, sometimes it talks about yung mga medical conditions more on the scientific side. Pero there are some that are like dooby-doo that talks about like, for example, what is it like to live with my mom who has dementia? What is it like to be put in a mental asylum? I think ang goal is for understanding and acceptance. Na yun nga, mawala yung mga stigma sa mga ganong klaseng condition. And other realities are reflected in our comics today as well. In both foreign and and Pinoy titles. Mm-hmm. Parang dati lang noong unang lumabas si Kenkoy, Ipo-Ipo, at Darna. They don't have to have deep or serious plots in order to say something about the world. True. Slice of life man yan o horror, historical, or LGBTQIA romance, 
sci-fi or fantasy, today's comics just happen to have more of us in their pages today. With the internet then and social media becoming more accessible, we also become exposed to different cultures, different mindsets, different groups na nare-realize natin na ay marginalized ito and now they have a voice, now they have a media, now that now they have representation. Stories connect us with one another. They can connect us with people who have similar experiences and hopes and challenges, as well as with people whose struggles we may not have noticed or understood before. Pero sa lahat ng pwedeng basahin, iba pa rin ang Pinoy comics para sa atin. So, ibalik natin si Carl dito sa usapan. Yes, hi Carl! <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear what you think about having our unique stories in Pinoy comics. I want to see something that reflects our experience. Marami namang Hapon na magkikwento ng Japanese eh. Mas marami namang Americans na magkikwento ng American experience. At kung ano-ano pa, di ba? Pero sino magkikwento ng Pinoy experience? Dapat tayo. And then readers naman, Filipino readers, we need to make a little effort. Let's support the community. Often when when Filipino creators sell their comics at 100, 150, they're selling at cost or palugi. Kasi inisip lang nila yung printing cost nila. Pero yung oras na gumawa silang comics, yung oras na tinrabaho nila sa paggawa ng comics, minsan hindi factor in dyan. It will take more effort and a little bit more cash to support local comics. But it is meaningful when you do it. If you love Trese, don't stop there. Keep expanding the library. But to have a good representation of Filipino books on your shelf feels really nice. On that note, can you tell us about a favorite of yours? A Pinoy comic that has stayed with you? One of my favorite comics of all time is Crest Hut Butt Shop number 4 ni Jerry Alangilan. And it's about his illness and it's about pain and depression and all of the things that he had gone through. And then at the end of it, it's about hope and wanting to live and all of this stuff and just the emotional scope of that one piece it was so meaningful to me in, in the in the moment that i read it that i continue to recommend it to people up to today and even if i couldn't tell you the details of it i still remember the feeling that i had when i read it what a great way to remember Jerry Alangilan, whom the comics community lost in 2019. Para sa mga listeners, he was known among Pinoy and international comics fans for his original comics, such as Elmer, Wasted, and many others. He was an anchor for Image Comics, Marvel, and DC. And most importantly, he was an advocate of Pinoy comics, both of the past and the present. He established the Comiquero Comics Museum in San Pablo, Laguna which features works from iconic creators such as Francisco Coching, Nestor Redondo, Tony Velasquez, and many others. Yeah. At the same time, he helped pave the way for today's generation of indie comiqueros, the up-and-coming creators, as an important figure in the early days of Pinoy Comics conventions way back in the 90s. He supported the community until his untimely passing. Mga kapitbahay, tatao yung sabi-sabi, Pinoy comics are not dead. Yeah. Jerry Alangilan was just one of many people who made sure of that. Our comics are alive in the community of both creators and readers. The community can't just exist with one and not the other. Eh, paano ko ngayon, reader ka? 
but you want to create your own comics. Anong mapapayo mo sa kanila, Carl? It's not a glamorous medium. <laughs> There's a lot of toil involved in creating a comic book. You know, even if you're like a superstar creator, upo ka pa rin dyan eh. Tas you still have to draw out the pages or you have to write it out or whatever else. So if you want to be a creator, you have to really like comics. Love creating or maybe love collaborating. Love the medium. Love what this art offers you. Then if people like it, that's just a bonus. But if you have a story to tell and you tell it within a comic, let that be the joy and nothing else. Once again, I'm Nina Taralba. There are many talented young comicers out there today, and malay mo, mamit mo sila sa susunod na convention. Mm-hmm. But if you want to check out their work now, visit penlab.inc, a website dedicated to hosting Pinoy comics. Full disclosure, I'm part of the team that runs Penlab. Regardless, sobrang nag-enjoy ako sa episode na to. And I'm Mark Asilian, and I've never been to a comics convention, so I'm looking forward to the very first time na magkaroon na tayo uli ng ganun. And that's a wrap for Philippine Nerds Season 2. It's, It's all, all geek, geek to, to me. me. Alam mo, I've gotten so much closer to my fandom friends in the past year, and it's not just our common love for the same anime or the same films or whatever that brought us together, but how we uplift and take care of one another. They're as talented and smart and compassionate in their personal lives as they are when they talk about their favorite characters or analyze the plot of a book. And that's how I know that loving what you love helps you find great people to keep around. Mm-hmm. I dedicate this season to my friends at Fruits and Roots. You're all awesome. Awesome indeed. Nothing can stop you from being a fan of anything. As long as you enjoy it, consider yourself a fan. Yes! Everyone is welcome. So kung tulad namin, you had fun getting nerdy about Pinoy comics, cosplay, video games, anime and manga, and toys and collectibles... Tell a friend that you can now binge all our episodes on geek culture. And if you're also into K-pop, K-dramas, and all that fun K-culture, idamay niyo na rin ang Philippine Nerd Season 1, How, How You, you Need to, to know, know About K-Life. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. You can also follow at LiveSmart on Twitter and Instagram, and like Smart Communications on Facebook. This podcast was brought to you by Smart. With Smart Prepaid, you can live what you love. Follow Philippine Nerds on smart.com.ph slash prepaid. And powered by Puma Podcast. Today's episode was also produced by me and edited by Carl Sayat. Many, many thanks to our very own Carl Javier for joining us on the show today and sharing some really important thoughts and insights on Pinoy comics behind the scenes. Thanks also to Keith Sikat, director of the documentary Comiquero Chronicles, which was a huge help in research. And of course, to Bambi Eloriaga Amago. To know more about Doobidoo Asks and her other comics with Roland Amago and how to get your own copy, like Comics by Imagination on Facebook. At syempre, higit sa lahat, Thank you for tuning in to this season. It wouldn't have been as fun and nerdy without you. And may the force be with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.